Yeah, so just got uh, six. Actually, pounds. before before you do that, uh huh. Um, I've, I brought a little, a little drink for this, a little, a little, uh, all right, now we can properly start. Welcome to If I Were King, the podcast where two friends somewhere on earth talk about the new world order and other things, including, but not limited to, the lizard people. Cool. All right, that should be good. I think I think we got that down, dude. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Ready to fuck yeah. shit up. So, hey, Paul. Hey, Norman. I've been told that we don't ever uh, introduce ourselves. That's as much as I'm willing to compromise. Ah, uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> people, people don't recognize our our voices yet. <laughs> But um, <laughs> yes, for, for those who don't know, I'm Paul and he's Norman. <laughs> yes. You may or may not hear this ever again. <laughs> <laughs> so, Paul, you were just you were telling me you were uh, you're tearing it up and you had something to tell me and um, tell, tell me, tell me things, tell me stuff. Yeah. So uh, this week in the mail, I got a weighted vest 60 pounds which in kilos is like 25 or something i'm just throwing that out probably 22 actually somewhat something like that and i got uh two weighted sandbags each up to well they're like 25 to 57 kilos each uh you can adjust them so i have three sandbags that i can put into the bigger sandbags and i'm going to use them for my workouts starting tomorrow which is really exciting uh because it's going to make my workouts extremely fucking intense they were already very very intense but it's just going to take it to the next level uh and and you said well first of all humble brag humble brag paul's jacked everybody one day you'll see uh, <laughs> I don't know about jacked. <laughs> um, and you, you said this uh, this had a role to play into uh, today's conversation. Yeah, that's right, Norman. Yeah, so uh, I thought about it, and I was like, hmm, what should I do this week? And uh, I decided that if I were king, I would make a law, Norman, that requires employers worldwide to offer employees the option to use 45 minutes of their workday to exercise or workout paid you know and hey we got we got some healthy we got some healthy dictatorial power action today exactly <laughs> this is authoritarian enforced exercise regime <laughs> 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 yeah so uh, part of the idea is that like people don't realize it but when you start to work out all the time it makes you so much more energetic and it improves your focus so much that it would very likely offset the time that an employer is actually paying out to people uh, with increased productivity, which is not like purely the goal of it because I, I, I kind of fucking hate the toxic productivity shit going on right now. Like humans aren't just robots meant to be productive or as productive as possible but 
This can contribute to productivity. Primarily, though, the best thing about it is also the health benefits and, like, assisting or aiding the medical system to not just be overwhelmed with people who are unhealthy. Uh, and also, a very interesting thing, like, from a medical perspective, a lot of people don't know, but, well, first of all, to start, like, proteins, you know, proteins are not just, like, stuff to, um, uh, the, not just nutrients for your muscles, because you have studied kind of in the area of biology a bit, right? That is correct, Paul. Yeah, and I just want—I just want to make a notice that uh, I think we're, go we're we're going after the Joe Rogan podcast, so watch out. We're we're talking about we're we're getting into the exor uh, exercise sphere now. That's um, right. <laughs> <laughs> Look out, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, we we will one day, Norman, be getting millions and millions of listens every every day. <laughs> So watch out, and Joe. Paul, 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 promise you'll never, ever, ever do horse tranquilizer. I, I promise. Yeah. I... <laughs> Let's get the show on the road. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I can't fully promise. I, I don't know. I, I mean, maybe it's good shit. I don't know. Um, now to segue back. I don't know how to segue back from that, but for... <laughs> Just ride your horse on back here, man. Uh, yeah, exactly. So, so, uh, yeah. So, for those who don't know, proteins aren't just like shit that your muscles eat and turn into bigger muscles. Like, there's a lot more going on. Uh, proteins in the body. I mean, this is what you're eating when you're eating protein, right? It is actually many different proteins. Uh, proteins in the body are things like enzymes and uh, they're kind of like little tools and machines almost that the body uses to carry out chemical processes and do a bunch of shit like they they do things related to metabolism cellular reproduction storing stuff all sorts of shit I mean it's literally infinite they there's millions of types of proteins and the interesting thing about proteins and DNA is that um, DNA people think of primarily as just, um, you know, a, a thing used in reproduction, right? But there's much more to it than that. DNA actually has many different segments on a DNA strand, and those segments, um, you know, basically can code for the production of different proteins to do all of these different things. The interesting thing that I wanted to point out is that uh, recent research has found that people who exercise regularly um, basically use more of the, that coding in their DNA, produce more proteins and different combinations of it and stuff. So basically, though, what I wanted to say, which is kind of just my artistic take, but, uh, is that if you don't exercise, you actually are not quite literally genetically everything that you are in terms of your DNA. There are genes that are unexpressed in a person who doesn't exercise that begin to be expressed in somebody who does exercise. And I thought that, I always thought that was 
like really fucking interesting. So, yeah, Norman. So that that really is. Yeah, it's fascinating. So that's why Norman, I wish to oblige everybody to work. Well, it's not quite obliging. You get the option to work out at work for forty-five minutes, which most people or many people would take even if they don't want to exercise because they just kind of want 45 minutes to fuck off during work, you know? That's true, that's true. I would also say a lot of people do have the option uh, and just don't anyways uh, because that's it's just easier. Um, I think, but no, I like your I like your exercise regime. Yeah, well, usually people <laughs> have the option to exercise but not to be paid to do it, though. That's... That's kind of the key. That's true. That's true. That's true. I do get, like, within my contract, I have an office job, so I do do a lot more sitting down than I used to. And I've noticed it definitely on, like, my health and, like, just, like, just how I feel. Um, I try to keep it by, you know, like, commuting to work on bike or or walking if, whatever, I have maintenance issues or whatever. Um, But it's not the same as actually having, like, you know, a maximal or a workout where, you know, you actually stress your muscles out uh, to a certain point. Even if it's short, it even once a week does something uh um, yeah and yeah. even though a lot of trainers are like well you're not going to see results if you work out once a week I'm like yeah you will yeah you're not going to yeah. become a bodybuilder but you will see results absolutely <laughs> so like it's actually it's pretty crazy like you just if you do once a week and you actually like you know it, it can be even half an hour but as long as you like you know you lift heavy or you run fast and make your heart run uh, you know beat harder than it usually yeah. does it it's crazy just once a week yeah <laughs> for half an hour will make a big diff i think the interesting thing about that too is if you read like um, academic studies of exercise physiology most of the studies like far and away are examining um, subjects who only exercise maybe two or three times a week like if you look at a study of like an intervention where they're like we took people who didn't work out and had them start working out two days a week. The benefits are absolutely, and you know, physiological benefits that are actually being measured by researchers are insane. Like they're, they're not mm-hmm. minimal just because you did it twice a week, like exactly what you're saying, but with all the, the, the research to back that up is totally valid, totally true. Like, it's pretty amazing. Uh, even shit like Tai Chi, when they study it two or three mm. times a week, can be immensely beneficial. They they never have people work out like five days a week or seven days a week. They for a study, I've personally I've never seen that. I'm sure it happens uh, specifically to study the effects of more frequency. But mm. yeah, it's interesting. Oh. I love this. So, so Paul, tell tell me more about this. Why why did this uh why did this um this edict of yours come? Where did this the inspiration come from behind this? I've always, I've I thought up this idea a long long time ago. Actually, pretty much when I started being consistent about exercising. Um, when was that? Uh, a few years ago. Actually, like shortly after we left Spain. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, because I remember, like, when we first met, I was like, yeah, you know, like, Paul's, like, skinny guy, and, and like, no, no, not as in, like, not as in a negative way, I'm just like, that's just how he is, Yeah, uh, and he, I know you were an active guy always, and then, um, 
I know I just recently we've been having this conversation about working out. I was like, I'm like, I really don't remember him ever being so into this. Uh, no. Tell, tell me, like, what uh, was there? Was there a? Uh, was it just a? Was it because when you when we first met in Spain, was it just a lack of access, or is it is it something that after that you started doing? So I started after uh, being in Spain. I mean, I had been athletic for a lot of my life, anyways. I had played football, soccer, and uh, I had run track long distance. So um, in high school and then, you know, when I was younger than that, I had always done soccer. Uh, and then in my adulthood, I, you know, at the university, I took fitness classes pretty regularly, almost every semester. But uh, I ended up when I was like 20, I want to say, or 19, I had gotten an appendectomy when I was 17. And but uh, I didn't know that from Paul. I didn't know. Was that uh, was that one of those scary stories where uh, you were just walking around one day and then all of a sudden you're like, oh, my God, something's killing me. Yeah, I was just at home, you know, and uh, it was like luckily it was like the weekend. So my parents were there and uh, I just started having really bad abdominal pain, uh, kind of localized to where the ap- appendix is. And so we went to the emergency room or I don't know if we went to urgent care first. I don't know if you're familiar with that in the U S no idea. Urgent. Don't so urgent it. care is basically, <laughs> I'm going to explain it because it's a funny American thing. Okay. So sure. All right. Tell me we have in the U S right. You can go to your doctor appointment. If you need a bit more urgent care, then you go to urgent care. It's like a non-appointment thing. That's not the emergency room where you can get some medical attention, say you quickly started getting sick, like you got, you know... um, Food poisoning. Sure, and it was pretty bad, so you needed immediate care, but you didn't need emergency care, then you could go to urgent care. The joke of it is that in urgent care, usually they can't fucking do anything, and they send you to the emergency room anyways, and Hmm. it's just a huge waste of money and time. So some uh, healthcare organization, businesses, organizations, etc., have started um, just combining urgent care and emergency room uh, facilities into one thing so that it, you aren't driving across town from anyways. Hmm. Uh, but uh, yeah, so I had an appendicitis. Um, my appendix didn't burst, thankfully, uh, but I was 17 at the time, right? So I wasn't 18, which was really fucking annoying because we apparently have this law that you can't operate on a minor in, uh, any of the facilities that aren't like the... Oh, like a children's hospital? Yeah, like if it's not a major... Well, anyways, in in Albuquerque locally, you have to go to UNMH, which is the university hospital, which was about 45 minutes across town at the time. This is so fucking weird, dude. Yeah, it is weird, isn't it? So got in an ambulance, which was horrible because my abs hurt like fuck. And it was really bouncy and shitty, the the path to the emergency Mm -hmm. room. And 45 minutes later, and cut my appendix out. And they do this stupid 
fucking surgery now instead of like a normal three thousand dollar surgery where they just kind of like uh cut you open <laughs> a normal three thousand dollar surgery well you don't spend that much if you have hopefully fucking medical insurance if you have appendicitis you just fucking go and then they send you home and they say thanks for coming <laughs> no you don't pay that if your insurance is like usually most people's insurance is like you pay 20% or you pay 10% or what it depends. There's a lot of poor people who don't get that luxury. Uh, but uh, I think ours was like 10%. And this is, you're going to be disgusted though. So <laughs> you're going to be so disgusted though. <laughs> Cause uh, you know, like ordinarily I'm talking, you know, 20 years ago, whatever, 30 years ago. Maybe more than, I'm not sure when they started doing this, but they used to just, you know, cut a fucking little incision in your abdomen and they used to just <laughs> cut your appendix out and pull it out like normal fucking surgeons. And like, who knows how many years ago they started doing laparoscopic surgery where they basically, they cut three incisions in your abdomen. So they cut two in the lower left and right you know, one each in the lower left and right hand corners and they cut one through your belly button and they use like one of the holes what they, the fuck yeah this is oh you're gonna love it so they use one of the holes to like pump you up with this horrible uncomfortable gas that just uh, makes wait wait you... hold, hold up hold up you're conscious <laughs> no 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 oh oh no, they, they pump up, they, well, so let me start from the beginning then. <laughs> they, first they anesthetize you, put you out, and then they, uh, you know, they cut the holes. And then one of the holes, I'm not sure exactly how it works. This is very fucking um, rinky-dink, my explanation. But one of the holes <laughs> they use to fill you up with gas to expand your abdominal chamber or chamber, <laughs> abdominal cavity, and another one is the scopic part, right? They stick a scope into your stomach. So they, one of the holes, they stick in a, uh, a camera. And then the third hole, I imagine this is how it works. I'm kind of speculating, but the third hole is what they use to actually fucking cut your appendix out and pull it out of you. So you have three holes in your stomach and a bunch of gas that takes basically you're like after the surgery you're like farting and burping and whatever <laughs> <laughs> whatever it is uh, to get it out of you for like I, i'm not sure exactly how long total probably like two maybe two days but like a day maybe eight hours i'm not sure but uh so you fart out this gas or whatever the hell and then the issue is, and this happens a lot with C-sections, but it's not common knowledge, um, any type of abdominal surgery, but especially, I'm guessing, uh, abdominal surgeries where they cut three fucking holes in your stomach instead of one, uh, it's very common for people to have um, scar tissue afterwards from the surgery. Well, three years down the road, in my case, when I was, uh, I had been doing Pilates, you know, ab workouts and stuff at the university. And mm -hmm. I, uh, 
like woke up one day and my abs and my stomach just hurt. And I was like, what the fuck? And every time I would lay down after that, my abs would start hurting within a short time of laying down. And Mm -hmm. then sitting in the wrong position, laying down in the wrong position, like it was very sensitive. And I was having a bunch of abdominal pain that would just, you know, this was chronic. It last, it ended up lasting three or four years. Uh, cut ahead to, I, I went to physical therapy and found a physical therapist who did know what was wrong with me because the doctors and everybody else had no fucking mm. clue. And I know physios are way better than doctors. Oh, they are, dude. Hard, hard, hard opinion. Yeah, they are. They're way better. I mean, a doctor can keep you alive, but a physical therapist makes it worth it to be alive. That's my opinion. So that's kind of why I uh, started getting into exercise so much was because this physical therapist helped me. And it took me a long time to like make any progress and feel really better here years later i exercise a lot like i exercise in some form or another every day of the week i do not all of that is strength training obviously yeah so that's that's the story norman maybe a bit a bit long but interesting (laughs) i didn't know about that but paul do you do you know that i have a very interesting strangely similar story to you so i have i have a big i have a scar that goes across from my belly button to uh, basically the side of my half, half my torso. Yeah. Um, because when I was born, they, um, they thought something like, uh, the story goes, what I've been told is like, apparently I had like, quote unquote, like twisted organs, which is, um, bad. Um, so they're like, we need to put you on, uh, like under, and I was like, whenever, a few days old or something, you know, big, scary stuff for being a parent and blah, blah, blah. But anyways, uh, to cut to the chase is that, you know, they cut me open they didn't really find anything. The theory is that, like, when they opened me up, like, like all the pressure or whatever air that rushed in, it like just undid all anything if there was anything there. Yeah. Anyway, so but the incision, I was like, you know, a newborn baby, you know, are super tiny. So the incision was probably, like, you know, uh, for for Americans, like an inch, you know. But like I just told you, it goes across half my body right now. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, because the scar grows with you. Um, but uh, flash forward a long time uh, to my early 20s, mid 20s, something like that. I, had, I was doing some physio stuff or something. And they were like, oh, yeah, this is like, like this, this, like this scar tissue that like, you know, it just builds over your entire life. It really like limits your movement. Like people could see like it's like you don't have as much rotation on one side. You don't yeah. move as well going like in this direction and like it's and it causes like tightness on a side of the body because scar tissue is not very flexible um you can break it down by movements like you were saying like you know exercise by moving in the full range of motion and just exercising being active Uh, and also being intentional about that helps a lot yeah so yeah that's uh that's kind of something that um a lot of people have probably experienced like you know um particularly mothers who've gone through c-sections um so it's really important for people like you know if you were a king to implement the implement this kind of uh, you know if you're having this uh exercise regime regime as you will to also have a like a professional like uh like the um, personal trainers nowadays 
Um, it's all, it's, it's like, you know, back in the day, you just need to do a personal training certificate and you're a personal trainer and you can still do that today and there's nothing wrong. It's much better than it used to be. But nowadays, like almost every per personal trainer, at least here in Vancouver, like is a kines is like, has a degree or at least a diploma in kinesiology too, like a very pretty good understanding of like, um, the human anatomy and you know, the consequences of this and that. So I think like we said, like why we, we, we just said we both think uh, physios are better than, than doctors is like they just have a better understanding of the consequences and the function of human yeah. care. Uh, doctors, obviously, they go through anatomy and blah, blah, blah. Uh, that, but they just they don't specialize in this uh, particular niche of like human movement, literally kinesiology, like the study of movement. Uh, so, yeah. That's uh, a fun fact, I guess, um, that we, we both have scar. How big is your scar? Oh, they, now, you know, the more recent surgeries, they try to, like, hide them more. But the one on yeah, my really belly good, huh? button. Yeah, the one, the two that are in my lower abdomen are basically invisible yeah. nowadays. But oh, okay, interesting. All right. The belly button one is, you know, my belly button is kind of fucked up a little bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Kind of no, like mine's like, like, line. yeah. This is a this is a 1993 surgery, so like, uh, you did yours not not too long ago, and they're way better at I guess doing things. I mean, yeah. there's only so much you can do about hiding a scar. Um, right. It's a pretty it's a pretty like pretty thick scar too. Like um, like it'll like like half my stomach looks normal, but then like the other half will have the scar, and it'll have like a little like it has a little, little flab of like fat because it catches it a little bit. Uh, yeah. Can't because it can't like be flat, so it's kind of funny that way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's weird that. If you're a baby, right, and you have a scar, that it's still there, you know, 20 some odd years later, and that it's gotten bigger. Like, why did your body yeah. think that it was a good idea to, like, continue making that scar, right, and make it bigger? And well, like... I can't, I can't, I can't break it down. Yeah. <laughs> I... Yeah, and then, yeah, so scars and scar tissue in particular because like you can break down scar tissue but you can't like like on the inside because i'm when, when people think scar they're probably thinking like the physical like you get a big cut on your arm and you mm -hmm. see the scar on your arm but not underneath which is where a lot of scar damage is is right. and right. that's that uh, like as, as you know scar tissue is is irregular it's like crisscrossy yeah. all yeah. all the things it's not like uh, like a muscle where it looks where like if you get a cut uh, like chicken breast, you can see the lines nice and parallel to each other. And scar tissue is not like that. It's it's erratic. It's just your body trying to heal something. Um, but yeah. in that way, it's not uh, the most like like quote unquote like efficient way of um, building tissue. Um, so that's why you know it limits movement. It's because it's trying to hold it together and not move it uh, along with everything else. Yeah. Yeah. It's fascinating. I mean, we could literally just talk about freaking how the body heals from a cut because it's very fascinating. <laughs> but yeah, yeah I but mean, there's, there's so, yeah, there's so much. So anyways, we're going to change the entire concept of this podcast. We're going to go deep dive every day into medical science. Yes. <laughs> With non-medical doctors. And yes, yes. <laughs> we're going to be looking at photos of scars, x-rays, which are just inside photos. And yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. We will we will attempt not to misinform you. <laughs> <laughs> so Paul, um I want to talk about photos if I were king. <laughs> nice job. <laughs> <laughs> so Paul, if I were king of the world, uh 
I would make, uh, I would ban and get rid of um, the Google photo gallery that pops up every once in a while, or, you know, uh, iPhone photo gallery, whatever, whatever photo gallery app you have on your, on your smart devices that every once in a while says, we made a gallery for you. Don't you want to see one year ago today? You familiar with this? Yes. Yes. I fucking hate it. Um, I don't. <laughs> I don't. I don't like it when you're not having a great day. Honestly, you could be having a good day, and then it says, "Hey, we have a gallery for you." And I have. I have. I have learned my lesson. I don't open them anymore. But I used to open them, and then it would show me all the happy good times that aren't anymore. <laughs> and it would make me very sad. <laughs> and now, for the rest of my day, I'll be like. <laughs> you know how many people in the world need to keep getting scarred by this unasked for uh you know without consent memory trips back to places they'd like to forget or you know maybe good times they just you know they don't need a reminder right here right now uh or maybe seeing people that they never will see again in their life um that meant to them a lot a lot but back in a different time in their life um this is this is what I would uh, this is what I would uh, ban Paul because this is doing psychological damage to this whole generation right? <laughs> and future generations. Okay? We need to strengthen their bodies and their minds, and uh, we this is a great first step onto strengthening mental health. <laughs> I yeah. <laughs> Uh, was there you, like, can you relate to this, Paul? I I can because I will get those pictures and I can see that it's something from Spain, which was when I was. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> <laughs> exactly right. Like you're like, man, that's a time where I was unemployed in another country, enjoying myself and not working too hard. It's like, fuck, fuck, yeah, that's a great time. But then you look at it, and then you look at your life now, and it's like, oh. <laughs> I I work too much. Oh, I, oh, fuck, you gotta love this. So there's this uh, Romanian chick that I studied with, and she said the best thing ever. So <laughs> she was like, uh, somebody was like, hey, how are you doing? And she was like, well, I'm overworked and underfucked. So, <laughs> and we were like, yes, yes, best phrase ever. So, yeah, so when you're just in a funny mood and somebody asks you how you're doing, just tell them you're overworked and underfucked, especially if it's true, because they will know. <laughs> That's basically my default state, Norman. <laughs> overworked and underfucked. <laughs> So yeah. Uh <clears throat> yes. So uh, anyways, Paul, this came to me uh because I have now learned my lesson. I don't open them anymore. I just immediately swipe it off my screen when that shit comes up because I'm like, you can go fuck yourself. Uh, right. <laughs> I don't I don't know how it knows that like you're like it's like, oh, this is a really good memory. This isn't just like your screenshots for some reason. It it knows the most oh, yeah. the, the the best ways to hurt you. <laughs> it like identifies the best days of your life just to ruin them for you <laughs> <laughs> just to ruin today <laughs> yeah 
Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> to to ruin today maximally. <laughs> I think it's actually kind of hilarious because while I haven't had the quite the vitriol and like desire to just eliminate it, I have looked at some of those notifications and been like, "Fuck you! Fuck! Fuck!" <laughs> <laughs> get the fuck get away get away and i swipe that shit quickly and i'm like Stop exactly, exactly. <laughs> once you get get too many times uh and get all sad uh or depressed and you're like well fuck this uh you never open them again you never do you yep. <laughs> yep. yeah you're like yeah <sighs> so paul yeah, so. there's also a listener idea today oh um, so oh, security threat on my computer. I haven't opened it. I didn't even go on any websites. Uh, <laughs> as soon as I said listener idea, there was a security threat. Uh, <laughs> that's funny. You're, <laughs> yeah, this is this is ironic. Um, so Paul, so this comes from a user Joel Jackman zero two on Instagram. Uh, they DM'd us and. I'm going to do a little bit of just uh, kind of paraphrasing, but he says, quote, I think everything I do wouldn't be very politically correct, but I'd want to have peace on earth as my end goal. He goes on to say, quote, I'd probably screw up and cause more harm than good. I can think of a good 20 million people who cause too much trouble in the world who I'd deport to some small islands like Hawaii or something. <laughs> not, too, not too shabby, Hawaii. He goes on to say, uh, I would take away the internet, then advance technology and ways to make said technology, etc., to until people went back to caveman times. I love this. This is idea. <laughs> yeah, I, I told Thoughts? you I love this, right? You, you uh, messaged me this and I, I told you I love this because <laughs> the, the crazy thing about this, Joel is that this shit sounds exactly like I wrote it. Does it not? It sounds exactly <laughs> like shit that I would say. It sounds like, Joel, you are a pretty cool guy. I think so. <laughs> you and I could probably sit at a cafe and have a really fucking good time. <laughs> also, this is great. side note, uh, politically mm -hmm. incorrect? Cool. I'm, I'm cool with it. But also, listen, if if our ideas were implemented, they would also probably ruin the world because uh, shout out to like episode two or three or something. I mean, I considered Moldover the idea of uh, the totalitarian puppy state. Check it out if you haven't listened. <laughs> because <laughs> that would absolutely ruin the world. <laughs> There's like no question that if that were actually how shit ran, <laughs> this world would be in shambles shambles <laughs> so don't worry That's about great. it <laughs> you're yeah. doing good I, I i do i do too agree with like uh, great caveman times um you know yeah um we've all seen oh, i don't know maybe this is like a, a male identifying uh target group on instagram reels and stuff but like that i get so many about just like oh quitting job quitting life and just going out to living in the woods <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> so paul i want to get to the ironic part of of this 
um, that you were just saying is that um, I was like, I was like, that's great. Um, and then he goes on to actually say a little bit more that you, uh, I didn't pass on to you. Um, so he takes most of, you see, he says, I take most of my ideas from Professor um, Theodore, Theodore Kaczynski's work, um, AKA Ted Kaczynski, AKA the Unabomber. His work, <laughs> industrial society and its future, anti-tech revolution, why and how technology, why and how technological slavery. <laughs> <laughs> Ted Kaczynski, wow, throwback. <laughs> uh, I'll throw a link into this, it's at the Washington Post, uh, his, his, uh, the manifesto. Uh, <laughs> interested in that? I was doing. I was doing my uh, my my due diligence because I was like uh, I didn't realize his, I didn't recognize the name of his full uh, professor because uh, mm. he was a doctor, um, which I did not know. Um, wow, a doctorate as in not like a doctor, right? Medical right. doctor, a PhD uh, <laughs> doctor. But I did not know that, so I did my due diligence. Um, so I thought I would include that in because I thought that was an interesting fact. Um, so Paul. What really, what really interested me though is that I wanted to ask um, ChatGPT what what it would change in the world, but including his answer through the lens of his answer. Okay. <laughs> so I thought I was like I thought this would be a really interesting way to to put this. So uh, I put this into ChatGPT just now, and it goes on to say, "quote As an AI language model, I don't have personal opinions or desires." That's exactly what a robot that has personal opinions and desires would say. <laughs> Continuing, but I have to. T I can tell you that the idea of taking away the internet technol and technology to revert back to a primitive way of life is not the solution to the problems in the world. It would also result in many negative consequences, such as limiting access to information, hindering global communication and cooperation, and impending scientific and medical advancements. It is important to address the root cause of issues and find constructive, fair, and ethical solutions rather than resorting to extreme measures. I think that's hilarious. <laughs> I think it's hilarious because the root cause of all of our problems is that humans are too... Humans don't participate in nature. Humans view themselves as apart from nature. And uh, that's a huge problem because nature functions as a system where everything interacts but humans aren't interacting with nature normally they're they're apart from nature and they don't care about nature so the major problems that we have the root cause is what it's talking about the root cause is that humans are too curious and too able and interested in separating themselves from nature and not participating in it I think, but it's very very philosophical. I also think that it's a stupid answer to like just go back to cavemen because the reality is that ninety five, not ninety five, probably ninety nine percent of us would all have to die in order to like reduce the carrying, you know, to a carrying size that can actually be supported by a hunter gatherer lifestyle. That said, it would save the planet. <laughs> I, something for something yeah you know quid pro quo i mean the quid pro quo is massive like it's a massive exchange but i you know I, you know joel joel just recommended we 
remove like 20 million people it's just not that much and just put them on hawaii <laughs> they get to enjoy hawaii it's not so bad like you're saying so i was also i was also interested paul uh that what chat chief would change in the world if it was king yeah uh, so yeah so uh it, it says or it said um i can tell you that if i were in the position of inf- to influence the world I would prioritize promoting equality, justice, and fairness for all individuals, regardless of their background or circumstance. I would also prioritize ensuring access to education, healthcare, and basic necessities for all people, as well as promoting scientific advancement and technological progress in in a responsible and ethical manner. Additionally, I would prioritize preserving the natural environment and promoting sustainable effort sustainability for future generations this sounds like a politician answering this question yeah it sounds Uh, like a globalist (laughs) it sounds like a globalist (laughs) (laughs) the globalists (laughs) have you (laughs) have you listened to alex like alex yes yes i know i know the globalists i haven't listened to it my friend have told me about it but it's the globalists yeah exactly yeah (laughs) That's hilarious, though. I mean, it's exactly the answer we all expected from ChatGPT, but it would have been cool if it gave us a more creative thing. Like, could we, like, start teaching it stuff? Like, hey, here's some fun. Let's get ChatGPT to come up with more fun, creative answers, you know? Like, feed into it. Like, this is what a human being came up with. The... uh, freaking totalitarian puppy state and like feed it as examples of like fun ideas that it could throw out there and then it just let it fly man see what it comes up with (laughs) so as you were saying that i said answer in a more creative way and it's typing away right now right in front of me so (laughs) i'm gonna read this as it's typing so if i were king i would create a world where everyone gets days off from work to do whatever they please, whether it's taking a nap, watching their favorite movie, or going on an adventure. I would also create a network of rainbow bridges connecting every country so people can travel to new places in a snap. Uh, (laughs) And for all the foodies out there, now we talking, uh, I would declare every day as a food holiday. Nice. Where everyone gets to indulge in their favorite dishes from around the world. In short, I would make the world a happier and more enjoyable place for everybody. Uh, I don't know how you s- travel uh, across a bridge to a different continent and or country in a snap. Um, but... <laughs> in a snap quote. <laughs> I, I know the um, the bridge that's supposed to connect Alaska to Russia is has been has been like a topic uh, for for decades. Um, and it is, first of all, bridges be hard and bridges not be qu- short. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, but it's talking about a rainbow bridge. A rainbow bridge. Like yeah. in Mario Kart and gives you like like a speed boost. Yeah, a speed boost. Except this speed boost is like the speed of light, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you just get torn apart. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like uh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. You start traveling through time, the acceleration is that much, you know. Faster. I was really intrigued by the the food holiday. Uh I love me. I love me some food. So uh, whenever I can indulge in some more food, like it. I feel like, unfortunately, we already have like, you know, 
We probably already have a daily food holiday, to be honest. Not worldwide, but definitely in the U.S. we do. I, I, I bet you every single day. It's like today's pizza day, tomorrow's going to be beer day, and the next day's going to be burger day, and the next day's going to be macaroni day. Like, we have all those days. They're totally out there. I mean, about 92% of them are fake, which is a statistic that is about 92% likely to be fake. But, um... So, Paul, <laughs> today's February 12th. Today yeah. is... There's three. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> One, National Plum Pudding Day. That sounds like some UK garbage to me. Uh <laughs> oh, no, no. Wait, oh, plum pudding? Yeah, I don't know. I was thinking yeah. other stuff. It's get, it gets better. Yeah. Two, it's Super Chicken Wing Day. Super Chicken Wing? I don't know what that is, but I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take it. Super, Super Chicken Wind Day is a famous event celebrated on the second Sunday of February. This Hold year on. takes place today. Hold oh, it's it's a because it's the it's event? the Super Bowl. It's oh, a Super Bowl thing. Right. Oh. Uh, there we go. There we go. Oh. Uh, happy Super oh. Bowl. Um, I hope uh, your team does not win. I don't whoever have you're cheering team. for, audience. I am. I am cheering for nothing. No man. All right, and then no, the man. last one is Great American Pizza Bake. Day? That's it. Just It doesn't even say day. It just says Great American Pizza Bake. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds... That is so accurate. It, it's separate... Oh, it's, it's celebrated February 12th to 18th. What? It's a pizza week, huh? I guess it's a pizza week. It's That's like... Why it's a bake global obligatory pizza fridays but it's a week and it's in february we'll be back right after this and we're back so i have something to say norman which is <laughs> which is uh it it sounded awful like you called the bathroom washroom before we went away from <laughs> it sounded awful like and i was like what in tarnations <laughs> people say that in canada it's it's actually uh that's funny that you picked up on that it's actually um uh, it is it's actually a specific non-american thing i can't say what around the world but americans would call that a canadianism i cannot tell you if that's a canadianism or just other places in the world say it because i actually have never looked into it but a lot of people uh have common americans comment that uh we say washroom a lot um like i would say i i just went to the bathroom that's right i had there is a you can bathe in there uh, but if i was in a restaurant i would you know, how I distinguish it, I don't know how other people in Canada would distinguish it, but to me, a washroom is like, you know, you go to a washroom and you can wash your hands, you can wash up, um, but in, in a bathroom, you can bathe. That's how I would say it. Um, but that's just mm. how my interpretation of it. Um, I don't know how it actually came to be. I've never really thought about it until it was brought up to me. Uh, I think the first time I noticed it was, uh, I saw Bill Nye live in Vancouver at a show. Like Bill Nye the Science Guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> best show I ever went to. Uh, <laughs> if he's still touring and doing shows, you you should definitely 100% go. But yeah, um, that is true. You just picked up on a Canadianism, Paul. Interesting. I thought, see, when I hear that, I hear, like, it sounds British to me. It sounds like something an English person would say. It doesn't sound... Maybe they do. I don't know. I, I never... Uh, I'm... It's not something I listen for when I hear um, English people or whatever British people speak, but, uh, <clears throat> you know... Uh, one second, I'm gonna message uh, our 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 English friend. I'm. Hey, fairly... I have a question. Paul and I actually have a question for you. Uh, Cat, hello. Uh, this is for the pod. Um, do people in the UK and England say washroom and bathroom, or just bathroom? Uh, so it's uh, what time is it there? Nine hours. Uh, it's twenty six in the morning. It's super early. It's super early. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, but uh, I wonder. I wonder. I looked. I look forward to hearing her answer. I'm fairly certain that I've heard English people say washroom. Um, oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Something. It's something that I would not notice because it's just normal to me. Yeah, that's interesting. I I would have had no idea. No. Yeah. I. So Paul, cultural corner. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted. Since we were talking about AI, I want to talk about AI for Cultural Corner Ooh. and uh, my thoughts on AI um, because I've been, you know, ChatGPT is just, you know, you can't, you can't go a day without hearing about it nowadays. Uh, <laughs> uh, I use it a little bit at work. It's, I think it's a little bit overrated, but I think it's a good tool, um, yeah. but I'll get to that a little bit later. So I think um, I did a little bit of thinking, a little bit of writing. I wrote, I wrote out my thoughts for this podcast. I usually just write a couple of... Uh, some point form notes and stuff, but I wrote some thoughts for this, but um, that I'm going to be referencing. But I think my uh, my thoughts on AI started actually a long time ago. You know, thinking in retrospect when I started, you know, I was I was on a walk and I was thinking all about this specifically for this podcast, Paul. Uh, <laughs> and I remember uh, when I was in high school, I had a conversation um, with a friend of mine uh, about how uh, Word, like Microsoft Word, capitalizes the first letter of a sentence. Uh, and you don't have to do that. It'll just do that. And I was talking about how I really appreciated that. And it also had spell check. And I really all sh I really liked that as well because I've never been a strong speller. And my friend at the time, he was saying like, oh, it's going to make us worse at spelling and not capitalizing things. And I was like, okay. Um, I never saw it as that because uh, just like background to this is when I was young i was uh, diagnosed with dyslexia nothing nothing crazy but i was like i don't know in the first or second grade or something um so i always i've always struggled with sp uh spelling uh specifically really reading out loud um uh but it's nothing crazy it's not like some people like just some just some dyslexics like they look at a page and the letters are all upside down and backwards and i'm like that was never me uh so no sympathy needed uh, is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> it's something I just live with, and it's just, it is what it is. Um, but my point is that I think AI, as I see today, um, uh, started quite a bit back. Uh, maybe this is super obvious to people, um, but, you know, I'm not a tech person. Um, maybe people have been talking about this for a long time, um, but I think AI started a lot earlier than we realized it, uh, and we just, we were making AI, we thinking about that we were making AI, um, if you can follow me on that. Um, you know, a lot of people say that AI is going to take their job, and a lot of people say it's a tool. I'm in that latter camp, just like how I mentioned earlier, that I think it's a tool, because uh, I do, you know, my my title, what, half of my title is marketer, marketing, and a lot of people in that in that world, in that sphere, think that, oh, this might take my job. Um, 
I don't think it is. I think it's a tool. And if you don't utilize that tool, you might lose your job. Um, but just kind of like how the ATM, when it first came out back in the day, a lot of bank tellers were like, oh shit, automatic bank teller machine. Um, um, that didn't do anything. All it was was just a tool on bank that people used. Um, so that's kind of how I see AI. Um, but AI, let's, I'll get into it a little bit in a bit, but um, uh, it's pro AI's come to a different point than just a an ATM. Um, so right. what I'm trying to say, Paul, is that my point is that Microsoft Word Word, since I've always been pretty sloppy at spelling, uh, I learned that uh, I really always leaned into that spell check, you know, an autocorrect on your phone and stuff like that. And I haven't, I've never really thought about it as being a bad speller in my lifetime. I think back in the day, um, you know, I think it's just right now it's really arbitrary if you're, you're not the best at spelling because it's just a arbitrary way of expressing verbal words with written symbols. Um, and, you know, as everybody who learns English, it's really weird. And we, English is just a weird spelled language, kind of like French. Um, so it's not exactly intuitive like, uh, like Spanish or like Polish, where it's one of those languages where if you can say it, you can spell it. Um, so it's, I think it's funny just in like for me, because, um, it made me a little bit self-conscious, actually, when I like when I was a journalist, because my 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 level is not my level of spelling is not like peak level. Um, I get like little comments from my editors here and there, uh, just like you know, for like silly things here and there, like using homonyms by accident. Uh, homonym being you know something that sounds the same but spelled differently. Uh, English, of course. Uh, I know other languages have those too. Uh, but at the same time, I was also praised by people about my feature-length pieces, my ability to dig it into complex po um, topics and explore it, uh, and my other features like humans of New York style people, people features. So there was kind of that like, like I, clearly I'm doing my job good, but I'm also, I get a little bit of flack here and there about like, you know, spelling, which is fine. Um, if you use the wrong word, that's that matters. Um, so while I may not have been the best choice uh, uh, of a person back in the day as a journalist, uh, I don't think now uh, it really matters that much. Uh, it's more about can I, is my end result good? And, you know, do I have the tools to check myself kind of thing? Um, so like I was saying, um, it's that I, I have always felt like I've been using the tools as they were intended to be used. <laughs> Does that make sense so far, what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like I, I think it's a weird topic in the sense that I do think that uh, it is a tool to use, and there are definitely jobs that won't be eliminated. But I think that there are a lot of jobs that, the more years go on, which is the same with any technology, but as the years continue, there will be jobs that are entirely eliminated. Like even lawyers, be, this before ChatGPT and shit like that, even lawyers are being hit by technology. You know, lawyers have been um, losing their jobs progressively over time due to just computer technologies, which probably include AI, just much more um, uh, rudimentary forms of AI than what ChatGPT is, I guess, which is, you know, kind of a misnomer too because uh, chat gpt is only what the public has seen of ai which mm -hmm. likely indicates that it's actually a fairly nerfed version of what is actually out there especially That's because true. um chat gpt on like day two after the launch they had to nerf the living fuck out of it because 
day one, it had too many capacities to be allowable mm. for the public to use and have access to. Uh, day two, mm. they like absolutely nerfed the shit out of it because um, they didn't want people to use it to like do extremely um, right. co complicated crimes and stuff. Yeah, yeah. So like, it's a tool. Like ChatGPT is a tool yeah. that people can use to to do things that. Um, you know, like, obviously, it's a tool that has risks, all tools that do. And, that, you know, that example yeah. said, like, oh, these risks are un... Uh, we don't know the unintended risks yet, so we're going to we're gonna nerf it. We're going to make it more limited, um, right. like all tools. You know, like Spellcheck, it might give you a homophone for a word. Or, like, in Microsoft Word, it's not the best at figuring out the right spelling or, like, the right intention of what you're trying to think. It guesses. It's a guess. The, it's always yeah. these tools are guessing at what you're trying to do. Like, the more info you put in, the better answer you're going to get out kind of thing. Yeah. Mm. Uh, so, like, chat GPT goes, like, way, way above, you know, Microsoft Word, obviously. Um, yeah. Like, I've played around with it for work. It definitely lives, uh, it definitely, you know, it lives up to the hype. I don't think it does live up to hype is what I'm trying to say, but I can see it getting to up to that hype yeah. point and that, like, Maybe that's what's just being held back at the moment. Um, they're trying to, you know, keep it. They're trying to, before it does something stupid, uh, make sure it doesn't do something stupid. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I think it's interesting because I think what is in part scary about AI is when you combine it with the internet in the sense that, well, I mean... There's a lot of fucked up shit on the internet, but that's just one part of the conversation. The other part of the conversation is, you know, Microsoft has come along and they're like, let's combine Bing and ChatGPT and ChatGPT mm, will basically uh, be... Bard. It got barred? But, no, like that's the name. The, oh, I... Uh, it's, oh, called, okay. it's like, a, 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 like a, whatever, a web browser plus AI and it's called Bard and it's by Microsoft. Oh, okay. Yeah, see, I don't read the news or anything much but i just kind of hear bits and pieces but uh bard is a crazy concept in the sense that basically because ais use machine learning to figure out what it is that humans focuses on right like what it, what is it that we're looking for when we ask a question and it figures out a response based on that it, it tries to aim towards what we want and then it gets our feedback to say hey yeah you did give me what i wanted or you didn't give me what i wanted the crazy thing if you combine that with the internet and searching stuff on the internet is that people are asking you know how many millions of questions all day and mm -hmm. if you give it feedback right and i'm sure they'll add that um that uh, feature. They do have it, yeah. ChatGPT has it, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So you can give it feedback and say, no, you didn't really answer my question right. You need to do more research on this. And that's what it's going to do. And that's what it's going to do on an extremely hyper-massive scale. So it will inform itself about literally almost every topic imaginable to the human brain because people are Googling, not Googling, obviously, but people are searching for information all day long, millions of times. So it's going to become an expert on all of the things that we are most interested in learning about. Um, basically, it will have the knowledge, all of the knowledge of the internet at a certain point in time. 
which is absolutely insane to think about. And it will figure out the right answers to stuff with enough feedback and with enough um, testing of its answers. So I think it absolutely does have the potential to eventually eliminate many, many jobs. I mean, at a scale that is absolutely unprecedented compared to previous technologies. Absolutely. That's just my opinion, but I don't, that's what I see personally. I think once you combine it with the internet, it's definitely going to be very disruptive. Yeah. Well, I mean, we're, we're there like, like, you yeah. know, Microsoft re released Bard and it right. made an error immediately. They did like some promo thing. I didn't look into it, but like it, yeah. uh, it wasn't like a huge error. It was just a fact error. It was talking about, yeah. it was like the first um, telescope to, or something uh, to see something. And then immediately astronomers were like, this is wrong. Yeah. And like, yeah. how did you use this as a promo piece without fact checking it? <laughs> well, I'm so see it, just like, like day one or day two, it immediately got like, it, it like wiped off like 10% of like Microsoft stock. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's definitely going to be some hiccups in the beginning. And that's kind of, that's, see, that's what I'm saying though. You, now what it's going to do is it's going to go read those articles written by those astronomers and correct itself. Like that's what you ideally set it up to do. Yeah. yeah. And I think, I think, I think also is also on part, like um, there's still humans making this. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. That's the other side too, is like, um, you know, our imperfections will absolutely be appearing. And like in how it. much, uh, you know, misinformation and just like, you know, just things that are just wrong around the internet, you know, like people, you know, the information that just keeps getting repeated and people keep saying it. Like, uh, for example, um, you know, pizza is actually an American invention and it comes from the, the New York and it sounds plausible-ish, ish. <laughs> um, but, you know, and I've, I've, I've met people who have been fooled by this, um, yeah. Um, this this got me very shortly one day where I was like, oh, that makes sense. And then like a day later, I was like, wait a second. <laughs> I was like, this is like hundreds, if not like a thousand years back. I'm like, I'm like yeah. I look into it. I'm like, yeah, of course it's not. Uh, but like, you know, you can say something that sounds plausible and be like, oh, yeah, pizza as we know it today came from you. are like, no, 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 no. Um, yeah. And so like that's just like a really trivial thing that doesn't have any effect, like effect on the world, you know. But there's other things where it might um yeah yeah and oh, like there's... there's so much of that stuff on the internet like i think it, it needs like some people to for at least for the time being probably like still regulate that but also like it's trying to learn right. everything all at once uh and a person cannot regulate everything all at once or at right. least fact check or you know and that's what like user feedback is for i guess but even user feedback can be wrong so yeah yeah even academic articles, you can feed it academic articles all day and it's going to find some mm -hmm. really fucked up, like, um, biased and horrible content. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. It, it's going to find some, <laughs> some duds produced by people out there. But, uh, yeah, like, one of my favorite fun, well, false facts, let's say, is people mm -hmm. are like, oh, Daddy long legs can't bite you because their legs are too long. And it's like Oh. That's not true. I You are so wrong. There's something similar that that goes around here when I uh, wrote uh her I like actually I don't know the answer to this. Um 
is that um, so we have lots we have a lot of dead long legs here. Like they're just a spider. Like they don't they don't usually come inside or anything. But they're just long legs. They're like little bodies, long legs, uh, as you know, daddy long legs. Uh, but the thing that uh, I grew up hearing is that, like, you know, they're actually one of the most venomous spiders in the world, but their <laughs> yeah. fangs are too small. They can't penetrate their skin. It's, which is largely along the same ridiculous line, right? It's like, mm-hmm. dude, people come up with the sil- most silly stuff. Uh, how would a spider, right? Like, it would die off. That species would rapidly go extinct if it couldn't bite you because its legs were too long and it had ineffective fangs which some of that shit could be plausible but the legs thing in particular is like i'm like come on you can can see at face value that that's bullshit like you don't need to be a researcher or something you you just look at that no no that's wrong (laughs) so paul what are you bringing for uh, cultural corner today well, so you wanted me to talk about Super Bowl, so I'm going to talk about it for about... <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to talk about it for, like, a quick prelude, so... Great, so, like, uh, just uh, this just ended not that long ago, actually, while we were while we were recording, it ended. Um, uh, last time I checked, it was 35-35, and it's uh, Kansas City won 38-35. Uh, so they were the underdogs, because that's all I've heard about is the Eagles. Uh... <laughs> maybe you've heard about the eagles because they're the underdogs oh they were oh okay all right well i, I just know all I i've know. heard is no, just no, people I'm, talk i'm oh, kidding okay. i know nothing about it at all but which is funny because i'm about to talk about it but um all right you will say you will say norman's like uh you know what you need to talk about for cultural corner today right and i'm like it's the only thing you you were like, it's the only thing you can talk about. And I was like, no, not really. <laughs> He's like the Super Bowl. And I'm like, I'm not that kind of American. <laughs> no, but anyway, no, I just mean I don't really follow football. So American football, let's say. Uh, so the Super Bowl, I'm just going to go over it. What I do know is the final annual game, annual, I guess so, game of American football in the NFL, the National Football League, as it's called in America. I have a question. Yeah, 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 yeah. Is the Super Bowl just like the top two teams and they just face off? Is that that how it works? Exactly. Is there a playoffs? I have no idea how it works. It's like brackets and stuff, right? So you get down to the top two teams. They play... It's a lot of games, of course. It's like Is it similar to like NHL playoffs or like it's just you, you go into playoffs and then, you know, they face each other and then they get knocked out, they face each other and then they get knocked down and then it's an east versus west and then they play? That, that sounds that... that sounds right. I don't know if it's east versus west, but uh... <laughs> yeah, we just don't know what this is not the this is not the podcast for all your uh, up to date NFL news. No, it definitely isn't. And I mean, speaking of NHL, I know even less about that, so uh <laughs> Not the best reference for me, but yeah. Uh, yeah, so Super Bowl, there's been a bunch of them. I, you might know better than me since you've read about it today, but there's probably like, we're probably on like 50 some, I don't know, something. 60 that sounds maybe? about right to me. I don't know. 60 ish. Super Bowl um, Alpha LV, so that's 52. No, what? L means 50. 55. No, so that's 57. 55. Oh, 57? No. Yeah. LV2? LV11, so that'd be... Oh, yeah, yeah, 57. Yeah, Yeah, so 
57. There's been a bunch of them, 57 to be specific. And they're known for funny or creative advertising on the commercial break. And then also like big, <laughs> big halftime show uh, music, and famous singers, stuff like that. Big dance. So, you know, it's funny show. in Canada, we always like on the news, they, the next day, they always or yeah, I guess, or the night of, they always just play Super Bowl commercials as that that's just a universal thing. All news stations will do and be like, all right, and let's look at our funniest or funniest Super Bowl commercials and then they just play them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They seem to have been getting a lot worse since, like, I, I shouldn't say that exactly because I haven't really watched them consistently because I don't watch the Super Bowl, but uh, they seem to have gone down in comedic value since like 2008 or so all right any any other updates yeah so my other cultural corner i just kind of threw that in there but actually it ended up kind of being kind of long but that's okay we're gonna move on uh so it's well known that non-americans consider americans to be loud literally talking loud but what they don't know is how crazy it is to go to a place where people are really fucking quiet when you come from a culture that's really loud because like for example when i went to england with cat um you could just be walking through a city dead silence there would be like a hundred people around dead silence crazy from an american perspective totally insane like when people are that quiet because when people are that quiet in america something's up you know like there's a comet coming towards the earth, like you're about to die. You know what I mean? <laughs> Honestly, I have I cannot relate at all to this. I have no idea what you're talking about. Like really, when you're walking down like a city street and like, what do you mean? Like there's just not yeah. people talking. You're walking. Like... To, they're talking, but they like I. You literally see them kind of relative to like America, Canada, some, you know, places where we talk louder. They physically, you know, bundle up together. And they talk right into a person's ear, or that's I've, what it I've seems never noticed like. the difference between the, the Canada or or Europe. Well, street not, noise. Well, go to like a really quiet place, though. Go to go to Cambridge. Go to go to you know Oxford or someplace in England. Go uh, to the university towns where people are studying and quiet. <laughs> I guess they're quiet where they study. I don't know. No, it's probably in much of England, but. Uh, you know, I think Denmark, Sweden, uh, places like that are similar, but it's very shocking to be uh, from a loud culture and go to a very quiet culture because it is kind of unnerving in the sense that, yeah, like I said, we aren't used to people just being quiet like that. Like if they're being quiet, it's like they're either trying to hide something or they're like, uh, uncomfortable about something something's up you know they don't just do that so when you look around and there's a hundred people around you complete silence you're like something's up man this is not right yeah so that's that's what i come up with Norman. <laughs> interesting so that are you saying there's so there's there's truth between americans being loud Oh, yeah, absolutely. Americans are loud as fuck. I mean, to be specific, though, most people are referring to it when they're talking about, like, Americans being loud in a place where 
it's considered perhaps impolite to be loud there, like on a bus, for example. Yeah, Usually I was when about to say. Usually when people are talking yeah. about it, it's because they were bothered by Americans being loud in a confined public space. Not mm. you. It's not usually talking about people outside. That said, there's a massive dis- difference between outside noise in America and England, for example, or other countries where people are quieter. Massive. Hmm. Interesting. So, Paul, I made. Uh, I'm going to use this uh, this word um, very um, vaguely, but I made a guest appearance on another podcast. Really. We've got an unmade podcast spoon, not a prune, uh, which we are going to be giving to one of our Patreon supporters, and that is Norman G. Can you guess what country Norman G's from? Norman G from Canada? You are right. He's yeah, from no, Canada. I See, I was thrown off because you said guest appearance. <laughs> yeah, I'm using it... Um, Vaguely, as you said. Yes, I was... Uh... I was, I was shouted out because I'm a patron to several podcasts, but my favorite podcast uh, is the Unmade Podcast, uh, hosted by Brady Heron and Tim Hine. Childhood friends, I love them, and they make um, uh, my favorite podcast. Uh, I think they have the best idea where they just, it's a podcast about Unmade Podcasts, and they bring an idea about a podcast that they think should be made, and then they discuss it. And I was shouted out recently as a Patreon, so uh, I will be getting not a prune, but a spoon in the mail. Nice. So, I, Paul, I just wanted to tell our listeners, if you don't listen to it, I wanted to recommend it. And um, uh, I guess I'll be working for them from now on, Paul. And that's <laughs> it. <laughs> this is very... Oh, no! <laughs> Pulled too much off. <laughs> All right, hello. Hello. <laughs> <laughs>